Hello, this is Josh Belk with the Belk on Business Podcast. Today, we have the honor of having uh, Dave Richter on the podcast with us, and he has uh, just came out with a book, and we'll talk about, a little bit about that a little bit later on, but um, I'm sure probably for most of our uh, um, audience that listen to this podcast, you're probably familiar with the concept of profit first, or at least have heard of it. And uh, Dave is a, is a profit first uh, professional, is that what they refer to you as, uh, Dave, mm-hmm. a profit first professional? And been doing this now for a for a number of years, and um, uh, he's going to shed a little bit of light on that on the podcast today, and I think really kind of allow for us to do a little bit of a of a dive into what it really kind of means to to know our numbers and how profit first can play into that, and then also allow for him uh, to tell us a little bit about himself, uh, his business, and then also of course the book that I know each one of you that are listening will buy because I know it will bring value to you. So uh, I've known Dave now for uh, I don't know uh, it's been a number of years. Yeah. Um, and uh, we kind of grew up in the same area and uh, up here in Northwest Indiana, where I'm happy to happen to be sit right now, sitting right now in my office. But uh, we've known each other, I guess, from uh, from on the more personal end, had the opportunity a, uh, a number of years ago to begin working professionally. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dave has now, I don't know, you, you've moved a few times and uh, that type of thing and yep. has really become, I would say, probably one of the, the prime I think the word expert is probably overused, but I think a, a consultant to really help, especially real estate investors, kind of know their numbers, know what's going on in their business, and really try to help push them uh, toward reaching their goals in their business. So, uh, Dave, uh, um, kind of what what started you on this whole journey, uh, not just Profit First, if you want to get into that a little bit yeah. as far as on that journey, but also on the journey of really wanting to help uh, real estate investors, small business owners really kind of get to, to know their numbers and, uh, and get their businesses kind of on solid financial ground. Yeah. So, and thank you for having me on. I really appreciate being on here, getting to spread the word as much as I possibly can. But the first thing was I read a good friend of mine in college gave me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, and that was it. Game over. So that was just the blew my mind, you know, of like a different mindset. There's not real practical steps in that book of like what to do. It's more of like just breaking free of, you know, some of the paradigms and some of the mindsets that we've had up to that point. So that was a big turning point for me because that's when I said, I want to buy a house then, you know, so I bought my first house off of the MLS uh, with one of the realtors in the area and helped me get that first deal, fixed it up, rented it out for a little bit, actually lived there for two years. And then we, from there, lived in it, then I lease optioned it, which was a lot of fun. You know, like I put someone in there and it was, uh, we had that tenant was super tenant too, paid early, paid on time, and then cashed me out six months later. And I'm like, this is fun. I like this. So I, you know, kept doing real estate. And that's when I started getting involved with a real estate investing company up there in Northwest Indiana that Josh is very familiar with. And that's where I got the real education on just small business education, where in that company, that real estate investing company, I sat in a bunch of different seats from acquisitions to selling the properties to project management, property management, transaction coordination, and the finance seat. And it was actually Josh while I was in that finance seat that I went to because I didn't have a background in my background is not CPA or accounting or finances. I just like, you know, if you can, if you're looking at this, if you're like watching this, then you could probably see why I like the numbers, you know, I've got the glasses, used to have braces, that type of thing. So it's like, I like the number side. I really did. And so I went to Josh a lot and he was the CPA for the company and said, Hey, can you show me just a lot of this info of how this, the money flows through the business, how it goes through and like, and where to put the transactions that to me was eye opening 
from seeing when we first secured a property or, you know, had income, you know, or, you know, bought something over here, then to when it was actually sold or we rented it, seeing how the money flowed through the business to me was just, it was very telling of the whole business as a whole. Now, now I felt like I had the story before I was just in little pieces of it, you know, along that story in the different seats. Once I was in the finance seat, I saw this is incredible. Like I get to see how, you know, we have these deals coming in and then on the other side, what's going out, which was also very telling too, because we went from like five to seven deals a month to about 25 or 30 deals. But we also went from like, I don't know, five people at the beginning when we started there to like 25 or 30 people. So then there was a crazy amount of overhead and stuff. And it was just, just, it was incredible to see as much as was coming in almost as much, or if not more, sometimes was going out every month. And that to me was just very eye opening of like, we can be making money, but you have to make sure we're keeping the money. So that was kind of like the first light bulb that went off in my head. But at that time, I had some things happen. We wanted to move across the country, move to Virginia, be closer to family. I had some rentals at that time too. sold those rentals, started working with another real estate investor in Richmond, Virginia, who is an incredible human being, Rich Lennon, and went into his business. And the first thing I said to him, let me look at your numbers. I got to see your numbers. I, I don't like everyone can talk. You're doing these deals. You've got these rentals, but like, let me see your, let me see your books. So we open up the books and it's like, okay, this, the stuff in there isn't correct. You know, like it's not, so whoever's putting that in there, it's not up to date. I don't know your story yet. So we, we, the first thing we did was get those numbers up to date, gave him back that, that clarity around his finances. And then one of the biggest things we did right away was he was super under leveraged on his properties and he had like 30, 35% loan to value, you know, of like loans versus what he was, uh, the value of that property. And I said, do you want to refinance? Do you want to be into it more? Cause he was like, yeah, if I have that much of my money into it, I'd love to have that back. So he went refinanced, you know, his properties got hundreds of thousands in his pocket. And he looked at me and said like, this has changed my life. And that to me was the moment of like, I've got to help investors. This is, I've got to help business owners just understand the finances and the power because you don't know what money is there that you could take out of the business or what money is there that's actually killing the business, you know, or whatnot. And just having those simple conversations around it. That's what really started in real estate investing and why I started like wanting to help real estate investors and business owners understand the finances. It was those light bulb moments because then he could do what he wanted with that money. He could go out, buy another house. He, you know, that's what he did. He sat on that cash and bought another house, you know, and then still had leftover, you know, to that was during Corona too, right at the beginning. He's like, I'm not sure which way the market's going. Now he's sitting on all this cash with plenty of options that gave him that peace of mind. So that's kind of what started the domino effect of wanting to help the business owners around the finances. I'm sure uh, you know most of our, our listeners are familiar, at least have heard of Profit First, and maybe yeah. familiar with uh, Mike Mahalowitz. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Who, uh, who's the gentleman who wrote the book, and um, and I know he has other books as well that has uh, really helped uh, small business owners. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, and I know for for a time I kind of uh, kind of studied up on it, and like probably uh, many small business owners uh, and probably even accountants have read the book and are familiar with the concepts. But maybe for those uh, individuals out there who have heard of it. Um, or maybe they've even read the book, but they're kind of like, okay, so what, you know, what am I supposed to do with this? Uh, you know, what, what is exactly, you know, are you able to kind of define profit first? If I was in my other office, I've got the mug back out there, you know, with a little uh, equation on there. And I think his phrase uh, that he used in, in the book was, uh, I think it was uh, trying to end, was it entrepreneurship, uh, entrepreneurial poverty? Poverty, poverty yep. is that the word he uses? Yep. Okay. 
And uh, but what exactly is uh, is profit first? You can kind of summarize uh, what that is and uh, and its impact on a uh, or the potential impact it can have on a business. Yeah. No, I, I love going into this because profit first is, I believe there's two major components. There's the mindset and then there's a practical application, which is why I really like this system because you read Rich Dad, Poor Dad and you read Robert Kiyosaki books or you read The Richest Man in Babylon and they all have that common theme around finances, learn the language of money and also pay yourself first. You know, they beat that into your head in a lot of these books that we read as entrepreneurs. And that's where in this book, he breaks it down. Mike breaks it down to a formula uh, that we hear over and over again. Sales minus expenses equals profit. So we make a sale, we pay everyone and their mother, and then what's left over at the end of the day, hopefully we get to keep. And that's how we're just, that's how, what's the norm out there. That's, it's, you know, that's what everyone does as a business owner. And with this concept, he changes the formula and the formula is changed to sales minus profit equals expenses, meaning I make a sale, I take my profit first, and then my business has what's left over because you have to be a healthy business owner in order to have a healthy company. You can't be stressed every day if you are going to make the best decisions for the company and for your future and for other people's future on your team. So it's first that mindset. But a lot of people already have heard that mindset before. This may be just explaining it a little bit differently or like, oh, the light bulb goes off. But then how do you know you're actually doing that? That's what I love about the second part of profit first is there's a practical, there are practical steps to make profit a habit inside of your business. And where if you've heard of like the envelope system, you know, like that Dave Ramsey talks about or grandma's envelopes or the, you know, for your personal finances, this is a lot of the same only using the bank accounts for your business. So there's different bank accounts to set up which I call them the golden trio, because like I said, I'm going to say this a few times on here. I'm a, I'm a huge nerd or maybe just a typical person who likes movies and stuff like that. So I like Harry Potter, Star Wars, you know, that stuff where they've got the three main heroes like Luke Han and Leia that are always driving the story forward, like for good. And in your business, in order to have that profit, you need bank accounts specifically for you. Profit, owner's comp and owner's income tax, because those ones are for your benefit as the owner to make sure your story is moving forward for good. And then you have an OPEX account or operational expense account that you already have set up because you're already paying the expenses there. You're usually just running everything through there and just tossing the cash salad right you know, inside of that one account. And that's where if you separate out those accounts, that helps you get a clear viewpoint of, do I actually have cash profit? Am I able to pay myself? Am I saving for taxes? Like, like these things, am I separating them out in order to see where I am and give myself clarity? Because when income comes in and you're transferring it to those accounts, now you're getting in the habit of taking that profit first and putting it in those accounts and making sure you actually have enough to pay yourself, that your business is profitable, that you are in a viable business and that you are you know, truly profitable, that, which is a full, comes full cycle then. Full circle here where you get... You are starting that process and that habit of creating, you know, those bank accounts and putting that money in there. That's where now the light bulb comes on again of like, oh, wow, sales minus profit does equal expenses. Now I've set up this system in order to actually take my profit first. And we see those accounts start to grow and you see it starting to work and actually provide you why you started your business and not just to live deal to deal, but to actually be a profitable cash profitable business. Uh, it's a wonderful explanation. Uh, thanks for sharing that. And I, because I was kind of listening uh, to this, 
uh, I kind of think of as a as a business owner, even even personally, we have a kind of a tendency to uh, to live on or figure out how to live on what's kind of in front of us. And uh, so if I'm if I'm going out with my uh, you know with my sons and we're going down to the local you know restaurant to get food, and I just have my cash in my wallet, I'm kind of going to figure out how to eat on the forty dollars in cash I have in my wallet. Because if I had hundred dollars in my cash in my wallet, I might live on might order a steak instead of uh, ordering right. uh, instead of ordering a chicken sandwich or something like that. So I think it's kind of a, from a from a mental standpoint, it's okay. We're paying ourselves first, which a lot of business owners uh, seem to. Um, uh, either they do, uh, they don't pay themselves at all, or they don't do it correctly. Uh, um, and then, uh, you know, they kind of like, well, I'm going to pay everybody else first, or they live kind of outside their means, uh, because they dump everything into a singular account. So if we kind of disciplined ourselves, what I'm hearing is we kind of discipline ourselves to kind of force ourselves in a way to live on less, because that's what's in the bank account. We're going to figure it out. Exactly. Um, so what is, um, uh, what is one mistake that you see, um, and maybe there are others, but you see maybe one or two mistakes that you consistently see that business owners, especially uh, those that are kind of maybe in that startup and that, or that perseverance stage, early stages of business, uh, that you consistently may, uh, see them making? There's two. There are those top two. Number one, avoiding the finances, avoiding them completely, where a lot of owners don't lose sleep because they are losing money. They usually lose sleep because they're lacking control. They don't know if they're losing money. They don't know if they're making money. When they take money out, they're not sure if they can. It's that lack of control that really leads to a lot of restlessness around the finances and then forces them to bury their head in the sand. And that's number one that I see is just not wanting to talk about it ever, not wanting to focus on it, not making it any priority inside the business. And ultimately they're losing control. Then the second one is not paying themselves with a system, not paying themselves with a system and consistently. So we talked about there with profit first, that helps get that in place. But so many owners, like you said, like they don't have this system to create, you know, make sure that they're paid, that they're taken care of and making sure that they have that viable business for themselves as well, too. So those are the top two, because. That second one there is another huge one psychologically for themselves too, because if you're not making the money, you're stressed, you're not living, you're making decisions now from fear and not from your purpose. So if you're not paying yourself, then a lot of the decisions that you make are probably not going to be the best decisions because you are always constantly, you know, running around like a chicken with your head cut off because you don't have that security that the business should be bringing to a measure of that to you. I know we all like risk. We're entrepreneurs. We're the owners. We want to go out there and take risks, but you need at least those bases covered. You need to know where you stand because you're an owner. You like control. You like to be in control of things. You need to be in control of the finances to have the true financial freedom. And then you need to make sure you're paying yourself so you don't get into stressful situations and then make worse and worse decisions just because then it's the domino effect. So those are the two biggest ones I see with the owners that, you know, that I've, that we've worked with. Yeah, surely before uh, hopping on this uh, podcast together, we um, I received an email from a, a client here locally, and uh, he he says to me, he actually has to, a very successful plumbing business, hmm. and he emailed me and he said, hey Josh, um, he goes, I you know I'm my business is really starting to grow, um, but I have no background. I'm, I'm you know he and, and you know he, he's a tremendous plumber, but he, he said in his in his email, I don't know anything about business. I don't know anything about finances, how to, how to put this, put this together, which I think is true for a lot of uh, business owners. 
uh, they get into doing something and they kind of have that core genius and they do it well. And then the finance piece is kind of like they just live off of their bank account. And I like what you said in regards to a process, because you end up uh, talking to somebody like me. Um, and, uh, and sometimes it's kind of like I, I, I feel like I can make clients sometimes feel overwhelmed, especially early on. But it's just kind of like I'm thinking in the, the typical way of doing finances. You know, I went to school, have the education, you know, have the degrees, have the licenses, have all that kind of fun stuff. Right. And so I'm thinking in PL balance sheet, statement of cash flows, and doing those analytics. And that can be overwhelming to a business owner who crushes it, fixing plumbing issues, but doesn't want to deal with that. And, and it seems like uh, what I'm, I'm hearing from you, and then a little bit that I've heard of Profit First gives a kind of a simplified process. On how to on how to handle finances instead of trying to figure out accountancy and uh, how that exactly is supposed to work in, in their business. They can hire that out, but the process is something that um, that they probably need a lot of help with on the front end to kind of figure out. But it's a simplified process versus maybe a more complex process uh, that you normally or typically would see from uh, from an accounting firm when they're assisting a client. Right, exactly. Like we hear in the E Myth, you know, in those other books, like you know, systems operations or, you know, being a business owner, like transferring yourself from being that expert plumber and just, you know, being great at plumbing, but actually building a team, building the systems, building, you know, and knowing the financial side. And like Josh said, like, you don't have to know accounting and bookkeeping. Like that is not your core genius, unless you're one of the 3%, like, you know, Josh, who went into it, you know, and is the entrepreneur that went with that background. But if you're not there, then yeah, then you need a simplified system just so you understand how to manage your cash, how to manage the money inside your business as that business owner. Because it's like we said, all these books teach us you should be learning the language of money. And it's like, well, that doesn't mean you go out and get an accounting degree. That means that you just know how to manage the money that flows through your business and set up a system that makes sense for you. And that's, that is why one huge reason why I like Profit First, because it gives that power to the owners through what they're already doing, checking their bank accounts, because if they're like a typical owner, even these multi-million dollar, you know, businesses that people have, they still are probably looking at their bank account more than their QuickBooks, you know, or their different numbers like that, their P&Ls and balance sheets. So puts kind of that power back into their hands from what they're already doing and being able to manage that on kind of that micro level of the cash flow of being able to see that. So yeah, uh, that's another huge reason why I like the system. We hear this phrase uh, quite often. I know I've, I've heard you use it. I know I've used it uh, on, yeah. on my pack, pod, podcast platform. And I think over the last couple of years, we've actually spoken at an event that was called a Know Your Numbers uh, Bootcamp. Yeah. And uh, what, uh, um, so we hear that phrase and, it, you know, sometimes you hear a consultant even say, hey, you really need to know your numbers. Uh, so what does, what exactly does that mean? Uh, what does it mean for a business owner to, to, to know his or her numbers? I would say at a high level, it's any number that's driving a decision in your business. So if it is from the financial aspect, those would be a lot of the numbers like around your cash. What are you, what are you making right now? What are you keeping? Because we want to make sure we go back to, are you making the decisions and have, what is blocking you from being the best business owner that you can? And if something is blocking that. So on the financial side, 
that a lot of the times we are talking, when you hear that, typically you're ta- people are saying that about your books, like your QuickBooks and the transactions are categorized in the right place, which is very important because those can help you see your expenses and how, you know, and your income and where things are coming from. And you can work backwards from there. But I also think it's any business, any number in the business that drives a decision. So is that the number of leads that are coming in and what do those leads turn into? You know, like, do they turn into sales and what is the average? Average, you know, of that sale and what is the lifetime value of a customer? If you have a recurring type business or what, those things like that, knowing your numbers is sit down and say, what numbers drive my business? How do I get, how do I get them clearly to me? Cause that's another thing too. Knowing your numbers is about the system of getting you the numbers that you need to know inside your business and having the right people report them to you and hold them accountable and having it clearly given to you. If you're the owner That is what you should be working towards is having a dashboard of numbers that you look at and measuring the business through those numbers and saying, I know that we are either on track to hit where our targets are or we're off track by these numbers in our business. And it really depends on which business we're in. Cause if you're in like wholesaling or in, you know, the inside the real estate investing game, that might be number of calls that you have or number of postcards that were mailed out. And then, you know, and then if it's just a typical other type of business, it's like the type of leads that are coming in and, you know, how those convert and what is your conversion rate, but it's those numbers that drive the decision-making then knowing your numbers on the financial side, making sure you have someone that actually knows what they're doing from the bookkeeping level all the way up to talking to your CPA and talking to your CFO about the numbers of the actual business. Okay, this is where the money is flowing into. This is our profit. This is our, you know, like these are the assets that we have right now, our liabilities. What equity do we have? Do we know the distributions that we're taking? How does that affect us? You know, and those types of things too, which I, if you can just at the very beginning, for a beginning business owner, if you're just listening to this, one of the first numbers would be the cash, knowing how the cash flows through your business, knowing where it goes, where it's, you know, how you're spending your different, the money and ha- making sure that you're taken care of. But a lot of people say, know your numbers. For me, it's any number that d- drives a decision, but it's also from the financial aspect, those numbers that are being put in any transaction that you do, where is that going? Do you have someone competent in those seats, helping you really know those numbers so that way you can get the best results for your business? Let me talk a little bit about the, the numbers. One thing uh, one thing I see, uh, I think maybe a little bit too often as a business owner kind of generating those numbers, I'll use you know KPI, key performance indicators, yeah. uh, many times that are, um, that, that take, <clears throat> that are really kind of, uh, measuring someone else's activity in the business. Uh, so is somebody else performing in the business? I think it's extremely important to make sure that we have metrics in the business that are also holding ourselves accountable mm, as yes. business owners. Um, because so, so, so many times we want to kind of shift the blame of why things aren't working in our business. And those are the things we want to measure. You know, it's the acquisitions department's fault. It's, uh, you know, it, it's, um, you know, we're not, uh, you know, it's a sales department. It's their fault, that type of thing. But making sure that we also have metrics that we're looking at, those KPIs, those numbers that we're looking at, that also as a business owner, uh, hold us accountable. Because ultimately we are responsible for everything that goes on in our business. Yes. Uh, and uh, we should take ownership of it. Um, so you mentioned as far as uh, some of the idea of some of the numbers that uh, should be looking at, how frequently as a business owner should I be taking a look at those, those, uh, those key numbers in my business? I, there's going to be like key numbers that Josh just talked about, like, what are you holding your team accountable to? What are you holding yourself accountable to? That should be done at a weekly 
at at least a weekly level, I say, of looking at those numbers of are we on track to hit these targets wherever we're going for our specific business? Are we on track? Because it's really those daily habits that create the weekly wins, that create the monthly and quarterly and yearly. And then, you know, that's how you really get there is are they inputting the numbers on a daily basis that are driving the business? And then from there, are you looking at them at least on a weekly to see if you're on track, off track, see trends in your business? Because, you know, you, you might have read a lot of these businesses, the 13 week business or whatnot of like, you need to be able to see in this amount of time, you know, like where you're trending and what you're doing. So looking at those numbers on a weekly basis. And then I love what Josh said, what you said there too, of making sure you have numbers for yourself. One of the numbers that I measure is like culture wins inside of our business like are we winning culturally and like did someone say like either complimented someone else on the team or complimented us as on the leadership of like how we respond or how we you know help them get to where they need to be so there's like other things that you might want to think of as a business owner that you might not think that might not be tied to like the sale you know a sale coming in or going out but like the overall health of the business as well too because the owner is responsible for you know, like Josh said, everything in the business and it comes down to culture, people and numbers. Do you have the right culture in your business? Do you have the right people in the right seats? Because that's like he said, you could hold them to that number, but if they're the wrong person, that's your fault. You know, so that's why. So the right people in the right seat and then those numbers in the business, like you're responsible for making sure the business keeps going. So I'd be looking at those at at least a weekly basis. So you mentioned financial health. You actually just use that term. And I, I like that term, the financial health of the, of the, of the business. Yeah. Uh, what are a couple things that a business owner can start doing uh, today uh, to uh, really kind of drive the financial health of their business forward? <laughs> I would say get a system for your finances, like a profit first system, get something that you are going to be able to do. That's not going to take you a ton of time, but that's going to give you a lot of clarity. What is the what is the best return on your investment with the least amount of time to be able to do that? And I would say implementing something that's built for you as the entrepreneur. So going out, maybe you could just do one thing from this podcast and I would consider it a, a major success and a major win for you. Set up one bank account, call it profit and start transferring 1% into that account. Get into the habit of becoming profitable. If you can just start down that road, that's going to give you a lot of you're going to see that it's going to give you a lot of confidence in yourself, in the business and pushing you towards thinking about being profitable and not just reinvesting every single dollar back into the business. And what you're really doing is just sometimes creating more stress for yourself and putting fuel in a plane that might be going down. So open up that one account, call it profit, start transferring 1%, get into the habit of being a profitable business. That could be one of the things I think that someone could start right away to become more financially healthy. I, I like that. It, it's kind of one of those things you, you hear people that, you know, I'm, you know, I, I need to get my, my physical health taken care of. Yep. It's kind of like, all right, well, you know, I can't, I can't run a marathon. I can't, right. you know, I, I, I don't even know if I can run a mile. I yep. can't do 20 push-ups. And it's like, okay, get up the next morning. Okay. Just do one push-up. I mean, how do you measure that? What, you know, how many, what percentage greater is one over zero? It's, it's infinite, right? right? So you started yep. and you did something. And it's kind of crazy, you know, Dave, when you, when you kind of started on this journey, it's probably been about a couple of years now, I think for yes. you. And, uh, you know, kind of then, and I kind of heard a little bit about what you were doing. I actually picked up the book. I hadn't read the book yet. I actually picked it up and, and I actually did the same thing. Even though I had a, a successful, profitable business, I set up a profit account awesome. and, uh, and it, it gets funded. And it's, uh, and it's kind of one of those things that uh, it's, it's kind of nice that it's there. Those reserves are there. Now I don't take those profits personally. 
uh, they kind of sit there. And it's really is, is, as you know, we talked even before this, you kind of know a little bit about our firm in the scaling mode. And it's mm -hmm. nice to have that. Yeah, it's nice to have those reserves that we can take and we can, um, uh, that we can, that we're able to, at this point, comfortably be able to, to scale uh, because we have, because we made that decision a couple of years ago right. to start to put some of the, uh, some of the profits uh, and essentially uh, doing the, the profit first and, and putting those numbers off on the sidelines. So, um, uh, so as we kind of wrap this up, I want to give you the opportunity. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, how uh, um, I know you, you have the book that's coming out, I think in December. Um, and uh, so how can people connect with you? Uh, I know, I think you have a podcast as well, if you want to mention that, um, and then how people connect with you and, uh, and also where, I think most importantly, where we can buy your book. Sure. So yes, I wrote a book specifically for the real estate investing world. It's Profit First for Real Estate Investing. So Mike Michalowicz wrote Profit First and that book, which is a great book. And now I wanted, I went to him last year and said, Hey, I think there needs to be a book specifically for real estate investing because of the nuances and just some things that happen inside of there that I think would be really good. And after helping real estate investors, it was like, yeah, let's do it. So that book is coming out finally here, December 7th, depending on when you're listening to it, you can pre-order it or order it. It is on Amazon. If you type it in there, or you can go to simple CFO book, Dot com because we got some bonuses or if you bulk order or whatnot, it's discounted. And if you're just, even if you're buying just a couple copies. So if you go to simplecfobook.com, that's where you can order the book. Then yes, I do have the Profit First REI podcast. Just have a lot of people that have implemented the Profit First system and talking about their experience and how it's helped them and giving you encouragement, encouragement to start, encouragement to get on the train and be able to be a profitable business. And you can find that there at simplecfosolutions.com. And I've got a tab there for the podcast. And it's also on Apple and all those other places. But if you go to simplecfosolutions.com, you can find our podcast. There's also a link, like I said, for the book. And that's where you, if you're looking for a fractional CFO, that's what we do. We implement Profit First and other things as well, too. Would love to connect with you there and have the Facebook group, Profit First for Real Estate Investing, just private group there. You can just say, hey, I would listen to Josh's podcast and we'll make sure to get you in the group there and can drop his name. So we can make sure to get you in there. But that's how you can connect with me and how uh, I'd like to provide value back to you and get get the message out more profit first for real estate investing and just being a profitable business owner. Wonderful. And we'll put those links in the, in the show notes. And I, as I said at the beginning, I would encourage you, if you're listening to this, uh, order the book, support Dave, uh, follow his content. Uh, I know uh, seeing on, on social media and whatnot, I see the little blurbs you put out and just, uh, just, just such tremendous value. And you're, you've always been a giver first, as long as I've known you. And, and, uh, and I think it just speaks to the character of the individual that you are. So uh, this is Josh Belk with the Belk on Business Podcast. I appreciate you listening in today. Uh, Dave, I can't, uh, can't thank you enough for taking a little bit of time out of your schedule today to, to join us. If you haven't subscribed already to the, to the Belk on Business Podcast, please uh, consider doing so. Once again, this is Josh Belk. Have a wonderful day.